yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Wackler, the tech editor of the Irish and Sunny Independent. And today we're joined by uh, a couple of very esteemed guests to talk about big tech companies, whether they should be broken up and what they're doing wrong. Philip Andrews is the head of the EU and Competition Law Group at McCann Fitzgerald and Donald O'Donovan is the business editor of the Irish Independent. Now, as most of you will have seen during the week, Google was fined 1.49 billion euro by the European Commission for abusing its online ad system and keeping rivals out brings to 8.3 billion euro the amount that Google has been fined by the European Commission in the last two years. Philip Andrews, do you think that Google cares about this? Will it change its behavior? And do you think that Google might now be too big and is at risk of a breakup? Take any of those questions in the order you prefer. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, Let me take a little step back to give you some context, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are four um, investigations uh, that the Europeans are currently pursuing against big tech firms. And I'd like to just run through those mm-hmm. to give you the context of the Google decision. Um, the first <coughs> I'd mention is against Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, under investigation for misusing information that it obtains from the Amazon marketplace. Yeah to undercut retailers that so use that marketplace. To be, to, to be clear, the Amazon Marketplace is what you will see sometimes when you go on Amazon to to buy something and it's other vendors. It's not Amazon itself that's selling it, right? Yeah, exactly. Amazon um, is, sell, is, is, is a hosting uh, platform um, for other retailers on that, on that marketplace. Mm-hmm. The allegation is that Amazon is using the information it gets on retailer pricing mm-hmm. from that marketplace to launch its own products and to undercut those products. To launch its own products. Yeah, uh, uh, and to um, predate in relation to those yeah. products. Um, and that's um, an investigation that's ongoing in respect of a potential allegation of abusive dominance. Mm-hmm. That's Sec- the same commissioner, isn't <coughs> it, Ma- uh, Margaret Vestager? That's, that's yeah. right. That's the European commissioner. Um, Vestager is pursuing each of these cases. Who I think, who we heard overnight, by the way, I think is running for the president of the European Commission, I think. Isn't that right, Donald? Yes, yeah, she threw her hat in the, in the ring yesterday uh, with the ALS group. Okay. That's complete, complete coincidence to all yep. these investigations. But anyway, continue. Yep. So that's Amazon. Um, so the second one would be Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so Spotify recently made a vigorous complaint to the European Commission, again, mm -hmm. to investigators' department, mm -hmm. alleging that Apple is discriminating against Spotify and yeah. requiring it to pay excessive fees, 30% tax, mm -hmm. on all of its subscriptions and also undermining Spotify's ability to um, update and enhance its uh, consumer services. Just just before, that, that's an interesting one because you can kind of see what Daniel Ek, the Spotify founder, is talking about there. Apple is now the biggest rival to Spotify for online streaming of music. And I think Spotify's objection there is that, um, first of all, they said that uh, Apple blocked them from upgrading the Spotify app in a, in a, yep. in a, uh, a particular way. And Spotify thinks that that's, has something to do with the fact that Apple is a major competitor. And they also say that Spotify is, Spotify's uh, way of making money is being penalized compared to rivals such as Uber. And again, it's because Apple, is, Apple isn't a rival to Uber. That's it, that's absolutely it. And I yeah. think ultimately what Spotify is looking for in terms of a remedy is um, split out of the App Store from Apple. Yeah. <clears throat> now, whether it'll get that is another question, but that's, that's a new investigation. Mm. Um, another, um, and the third major European investigation, which is actually being run not by the European Commission, but by the German Bundeskartellamt, which is the equivalent to our mm. um, competition agency here, and which with the UK withdrawal from Europe is the most influential national regulator there is mm -hmm. in Europe right now, is an investigation into Facebook. Um, and the Bundeskartellamt has recently found that Facebook, by conditioning access to its social um, media um, network on by conditioning access on the um, unlimited um, ability to search for uh, data of its, um, cons its, its, its users across other websites yeah. and then link that back to the accounts and therefore use that as a marketing vehicle. The Bundeskartellum in quite a controversial um, competition law decision found that to be an abuse of dominance and caused that's um, one of the basis of <coughs> Facebook's business model. I mean, they send their little yeah. pixel button all around the web. It tracks you. That's one of the ways that it repurposes a lot of that data for advertising purposes. Yeah. That's quite significant. That. Yeah, that's a, that's a big ruling that mm -hmm. sent uh, shockwaves across uh, Europe. And a lot of people felt, was this the right legal handle for the Bundeskartellum to do it? Um, but it has gone ahead with that decision. Um, no fine, but it's causing or seeking to acquire Facebook to actually reverse those practices vis-a-vis -vis German consumers, which is a big thing for Facebook to do, obviously. Well, it's, what, 85, 90 million uh, Germans, soon to be an increased proportion of the European Union uh, yep. population after, wh what is it, not March 29th, and what is it now? It's May, is it April? It looks the like April the 12th. April maybe, the maybe 12th. The next, okay. the rolling mm. cliff. Yeah. And then to answer your question, to go back to Google, I guess, yeah, it's the third billion euro fine in as many years of Google. Um, the first in 2017, it was in relation to Google favoring its own Google shopping services on the yeah. search. The second, and probably from my perspective, the most significant, the four billion euro fine, was in relation to the bundling of Android and the mm -hmm. Google search. Um, and the commission required that to, that to cease and fi find, the, find Google four billion. And then this latest one, which is really around exclusive arrangements that Google seems to have in place with websites requiring those websites to use Google as the advertiser broker, mm. not, not any other third party. Um, so those are, those are a line of three cases <coughs> against, against Google, and I should say the first two are already under appeal. Mm. 
The question I think people are asking themselves in Europe is, yeah, these investigations are going, um, yeah, the fines are being, are, are being adopted and they're sizable, but what are the remedies? Mm. What, 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 what are we seeing in terms of changed conduct um, by these big tech, um, big tech firms? Um, and, and, and that's... Sorry, that's, that's a rhetorical yeah. question, is it? Yeah. So, because a lot of the time they're, they're dragged kicking and, uh, kicking and screaming. Sometimes, to be fair, it's that just the tech has moved so fast and they become utilities so quickly. Because most of the things that we've talked about here with, with Google sort of suggest that it's a utility, that it's like, like for example, if it is being punished for uh, Android, that it's because Android is now the world's biggest smartphone sy system. That happened over a period of seven or eight years. And this brings into line the question of whether some of these companies are too big. I'm, I'm conscious that one of the Democratic candidates for the US, Elizabeth Warren, uh, has made a, po a policy platform over the last week of saying that she will break up the big tech companies, in particular mm -hmm. Google, Face, and Amazon, I think were the three she specifically targeted. Donald, do you think it's ironic that this uh, that kind of talk is happening in the US before it happens substantively from a major uh, candidate uh, with, a, uh, one would say, a realistic shot of getting a nomination in Europe? Well, I think it is happening in Europe, and I think that essentially is what you're seeing with Marguerite Vesteger's uh, cases that they shipped away. She's never really come out and, and... No, she hasn't, because in, in her position at the moment, you know, she is uh, the referee, and mm. the referee can't say what they want, how they want the match to end. Yeah. Um, but, but I think we've talked about this before, the parallels between the emergence of these tech giants over the last mm. 15 years and the kind of the trust busting in America in mm. the early part of the 20th century. Yeah. And and it's impossible, I think, to ignore the parallels between Marguerite Vesteger as a, as a for instance, yesterday, so the ALD group, uh, the ALD group, uh, the liberal uh, European uh, parliamentarian group, essentially said that she's she's going to be their, their, their nominee to be president of the European mm -hmm. Commission. It's a sort of complicated process and there are a lot of hurdles. Um, but that name would have resonated in Silicon Valley and in San Francisco. And I don't think you could name another senior European politician who might be in line for that position, whose name would have resonated in the kind of the halls of power in Techland. Right. Um, Good point. And, and the parallels yeah. between that and Teddy Roosevelt uh, mm -hmm. as, as a trust-busting federal attorney general or just over 100 years ago in, in the US, I think were impossible to ignore. So, so. what do, do you think then that if she does uh, ascend to that position, that there is a greater chance that part of her agenda as president of the European Commission would be to go more in that direction of uh, up to... I think the ideological position that she will articulate mm -hmm. is uh, a Europe that is able to protect its citizens by using its scale. And so cloud. what are do we think then that some of these companies are too big, that they there is a case for breaking them up. Well, can I just yeah. come in on, on that? Because I think there's um, there's two big real questions there in terms mm -hmm. of the breakup. The first is um, a technical one. Do we have the rule book um, which allows us to lawfully, you know, go in and 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 and, and require spin-offs or break up of these companies? Um, most people are pointing to competition law, antitrust as the most likely um, sphere for that. Um, and the second question is whether, you know, particularly for Europe, um, you know, th there's a political question as to whether um, Europe should be breaking up um, large U.S. Uh, US firms. 
in from, Europe. Uh, in, from my from my perspective, I think the 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 major initiative, um, if it's going to happen, it will come from from the U.S. And I think the points you make in relation to Sen Senator Warren are are very interesting. And I think in terms of the debate in the U.S., there is now a growing, you know, academic coming out of Columbia, coming out of um, Harvard, um, economic view that, um, you know, big can be bad in certain circumstances, that uh, even though consumers are by and large very happy with these companies, with the Amazons who have, you know, innovated, delivered very mm -hmm. cheap uh, services, um, new um, delivery mechanisms, and Google is essentially free and fast and effective, even though consumers are very happy, that's not necessarily the, tr the, the antitrust test that we should be applying. And that's kind of the traditional antitrust test, you know, consumer welfare. Mm. What we need to be looking at is whether these entities are getting so, so large um, um, and will have such um, structural power across markets that they'll be able to dominate large parts of the large parts of the yeah, economy that's one of for the, a sustained period. That's one of the, the and points that debate is, is happening in the U.S. now. Yeah, and and it's one of the points made in favour of looking at potential breakup is that some of these companies aren't being disrupted in the way that uh, older companies were. That's the argument anyway. You take They've been able to buy, I mean, Facebook is the classic example. They're yeah. so profitable that they've been able to buy their natural successors yes. or the people who would disrupt them. Now, I th Facebook, I, to me, is the most interesting example because on one level, you're looking at this company which now, for a large part of the population, dominates the majority of their communications. So if you take a typical person in Ireland who is 50, chances are, in fact, they're almost certainly using Facebook. There's a very uh, likely chance that they're using WhatsApp as well. They may not mm -hmm. use Instagram, but that's two out of three of Facebook's properties. And at the same time, when Facebook bought Instagram, they bought it for a billion dollars. They paid, I think, $18 billion for WhatsApp. And Facebook is that weird, it's that weird company. You, you're not quite sure whether it's now become an unstoppable juggernaut, a utility, or whether it's looking over its shoulder all the time because it's about to be disrupted. And the media is full of, st of both angles. Like, as a tech journalist, for example, I'm constantly writing articles saying, on the one hand, Facebook controls all of our communication, and on the other hand, saying, Facebook is doomed, loads of young people are leaving Facebook, they're all going to Snapchat or TikTok. So it's really hard to know with Facebook whether they're yet in a position, and I mean, the company is only, what, 13 years old or so? So it's quite, no, it's older than that. 14 years old. It's quite hard to know with, with Facebook, whereas with companies like Google, for I would have thought that Google and Amazon, for me, would be the two natural can candidates because Google has an absolute lock on search. There is no realistic alternative to Google for search. And for online ads, it's really just Facebook uh, in Europe, certainly. And Amazon now is so big, it's so rich, that it's buying Whole Foods, it's buying up all sorts of... Um, uh, of rivals, maybe because it's so innovative, but it's it's hard to know at what point a company gets to that status, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's it's it is worthwhile um, taking a look back at the attempts over the years to to regulate. Um, you know, what mm. were the titans of their era? Um, you know, going back to Microsoft in the nineteen nineties when yeah. the U.S. DOJ looked for years mm -hmm. at Microsoft and almost sought to break it up. Um, IBM 
um, you know, the original platform back mm-hmm. in the back in the eighties. Again, they looked at it for years, uh, and in each of those cases, um, you know, innovation did the job where um, mm-hmm. regulatory intervention um, uh, didn't come about. And um, I think in in the U.S. now, certainly the 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 kind of mantra that I hear is all about regulatory humility. You know. Um, don't intervene. The market will, the market will um, look after it. Mind you, who who is saying that though? Well, it's the Trump administration. <coughs> okay. Okay. Um, by and large, it's hard to know what approach the Trump administration takes towards big tech companies. On w- one week, Trump is railing against, well, Amazon um, mm. uh, for maybe for other mm. reasons. But these conspiracy theories that the social media companies, for example, are are pu- are, are uh, penalizing. Uh, conservatives, and on the other hand, that's their main communication. Uh, uh, True, yeah. I mean, the appointees that he's done, he's made to the FTC and the DOJ, who mm-hmm. are the uh, entities that would ultimately regulate these companies on antitrust, uh, are generally not universally, but generally of the view that these are so-called innocent monopolies that have uh, earned yeah. it by, by by merit, and there's nothing unlawful by, about that. Um, and that the market will will, will take care of. It. That's Quite part of the, the the issue too. Is that the, what, what, in terms of of private companies that do things that you don't necessarily have to subscribe. Nobody has to subscribe to right to to Facebook, and you could, in theory, uh, live your life without ever accessing uh, Google. In theory, much harder, much harder. But th- those are private companies that yeah. have 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 come emerged from the private sector emerged. You know, from their own innovations and things yeah. like that, and so the 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 instinct to rein them in or the instinct mm. to, to break them up is partly ideological and partly it's, it's pragmatic. And and companies will get to a size mm. where they really can't be ignored and mm. and where they their, their their dominance is so, you know, disproportionate to not just consumers but to governments mm. that some some somebody feels the need to act. But at all of the other stages up to that, it's an ideological trigger or a partially an ideological trigger or mm. it's an, an ideological stance, um, and that is shifting. I think. It, it was interesting. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I want to go back to the point, and I think it ties into what you're saying, Don. It was like when <clears throat> when I mentioned about whether it's more appropriate that the U.S. takes this action. You know, I was kind of thinking about the you know the Apple case, obviously. <clears throat> um, and at that time, I don't know if you recall, the U.S. Um, Secretary of Commerce came out very forcefully with a white paper that it submitted to the Europeans to say, like, not only was the state aid decision and the 13 billion, not fine, unlawful, but it was protectionist. Yeah, I remember that. And that you are targeting our... Um, um, Very uh, heated, successful uh, senatorial... IT, yeah, um, successful I, uh, IT sector. And um, I think if if Europe and Vestica are to take an extremely forceful and aggressive approach in breaking up or seeking to break up um, uh, US tech... Um, then uh, you're going to likely see some, um, you know, trade backlash from the Unless US. Elizabeth Warren is already. Well, exactly. I think it, it probably House. is better coming from you know? uh, an ideological shift in the U.S. And that that shift may be, mm. may not be too far away. It's interesting. Uh, one of the journalists I follow in the U.S. did an experiment for a month. She tried to stay away from all the big tech platforms. So no Facebook, no Google, no Amazon no Apple. She said it was almost impossible <laughs> because in your day-to-day, you're so reliant on one of those 
companies or one of the services that those companies. For me, if I had to pick one service that would be probably the most difficult, it wouldn't be Facebook, it would actually be Google. Because if I try to look something up every day from the weather to see whether I'm going to you know, put my jacket on or what kind of jacket I'm going to bring to all sorts of searches that, you know, one would normally do. Even if you avoid the Google app, you, if you do it on, you know, Safari or a browser, most of the time it, it actually uses Google as well. It's just incredibly hard. And, and that's not to mention, you know, uh, Android, the very uh, system that most people's phone mm. use um, or, um, or email, Gmail, which is now the biggest uh, email provider. How do you actually avoid this? So it's no surprise to me that the commission has been most active against Google. You know, three fines in two years, 8.3 billion euro. I mean, we all talked about the Apple 13 billion euro fine as being the be all and end all. Google's actually not that far away now after just two years, albeit the first two decisions are under appeal. Uh, uh, but they, those decisions are much more rooted in the business model of Google as well, as opposed to the tax, um, uh, the Apple tax yeah, case. That's a great point. It's actually, really yeah. nothing to do with how Apple goes about its business in theory, but it is about how how it manages its finances. Yeah, Google cases are much more about Google's operating yeah. businesses and 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 a challenge to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are other issues as well that come when we talk about these firms. We're always talking about American companies. We don't talk, for example, about Chinese companies. You know, companies like Tencent, Baidu. Um, uh, Huawei, Samsung, some of these companies are absolutely massive, although they may not have the same impact on our daily lives in terms of the reach mm. uh, that that the um, American uh, companies do. Um, but I do wonder, and it's a point I think you were getting at there, Donal, whether some of the antipathy, actually both of you were, taught, were alluding to this, whether there is an alignment between an industrial and a national interest and policy and antipathy towards these companies because at the time that you just referred to around the Apple fine, there was this phrase in continental Europe, GAFA, uh, that the mm. French used in a, in a pejorative way to refer to, I think it was Google, Amazon, or Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple. I think that was, the, there were the four. And there is a cultural thing. And But I wonder, is it because they're not ours, because they're not European? Like back in the day, we used to rule the mobile world with Nokia and Ericsson. Yeah. Now we don't anymore. Um, we're still very kind of bullish on car companies, you know. Although in fairness, uh, I mean, one of Marguerite Vestager's uh, biggest finds since she took office was of uh, effectively a cartel, or the, what she said was a cartel-like behaviour in the European trucking industry. So five mm -hmm. European trucking companies mm -hmm. were fined collectively just under 3 billion euros. We didn't talk about that much in Ireland. Right. Because none of those companies are big operators here. Yeah. So, I mean, there are there, the, the commission does tackle all sorts of um, behaviours in all sorts of sectors. Yeah, the, but I'm, I'm just wondering, you and I have spoken about this before because we've, we've been in the same newsroom for years when a lot of these stories have broken. Um, you know, the German government, uh, this is kind of straying slightly politically, but the German government seems to have a national... <laughs> interest in protecting the car industry for good or bad. Um, the Irish government has gone out to bat to the point of refusing a 13, to take a 13, or appealing a 13 billion euro um, penalty because it believes that its future lies to a large degree with the tech sector feeling that they're welcome in Ireland. Um, so no, I think that case also, I mean, is also at least partly motivated by, you know, they, they have to be able to stand behind the, the tax system here. So the tax system here is not political. Yeah, it's do, not you, seen as political. do you think that's... That, I that do. I, 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 I do think that 
if you didn't stand behind the tax system and the, and the revenue on that, what would you be saying? You'd be saying that revenue was politicizable. I, I think that's... An, that would open up a whole... I think you're 100% right. I'm not sure that Ireland has always been as conspicuously a rules-based uh, country and had as much of an ethos as that would make that the priority. But you, you, you may well be right. Um, I would hope you're right. I, from from looking at it, it seemed to me that a lot of this was policy based, based on industrial policy. Certainly, the utterances of all the senior politicians um, at the time. But I think one of the things actually that was interesting in, ter in terms of covering that uh, that fine was the way it was delivered. I think you, you, we were in the newsroom that morning. There was a sort of uh, there was a full suite of media rollout in Brussels. There was a, yeah. um, a big yeah. speech. Marguerite Vestager was very much, you know, the personification. Mm -hmm of uh, putting manners on, on the tech well companies yeah. that day. Mm -hmm. And the government in Dublin uh, was flummoxed and mm -hmm. uh, all over the shop and it couldn't barely get out a, a statement kind of in response. Uh, that, that was an exemplary fine. And mm. the way it was done was really interesting. And, and, and I think that's part of what you're seeing. It's, it's not so much, it's not just the action that's taken, it's mm. the way that action is taken in a way that's taken to be seen against some of the tech companies. I, I mean, I have to say, and I'm not sure whether either of you would agree or disagree, whatever you think about the, the fines themselves or the decisions themselves, Marguerite Steger, you know, she, she made a real impact, you know, it was very effective the way she did it. Um, whether or not, I and I've heard a lot of criticism of her as well, but she's been very effective. I think it's 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 clear she's been <coughs> very um, politically um, high profile with mm. her decisions. I I would also say that and just a competition lawyer, you know, the, these um, decisions that they are taking uh, in Europe are um, pushing the boundaries of the established uh, law. They're novel, <coughs> uh, and in many respects, they're not based on established ideas of what is an abuse of dominance. Mm. Um, that's not to say they're wrong, but they're certainly um, aggressive pursuits of the businesses. Is that not always the case every decade, though, with different industrial scenarios? I mean, could you know, I'm thinking back to the 80s uh, where in a the US with AT&T, for example, effectively was in a way no, broken up. That's a great example. With it's the last big breakup. Yeah, in, in the, the baby bells. Yeah, uh, all the telephone companies. Because mm. AT&T just owned too much of the communications infrastructure from the phone in your hand to the way you were yeah. making uh, phone calls. And they broke up, I, I think, as, as I remember, they... The baby bells. and Yeah, the baby bells. So yeah. they broke up long distance yeah. from, from other... Exactly. Yeah. yeah. From local. Um, I mean, I think that's, that, that's a, a great example of what was generally considered to be a you know, constructive and positive breakup um, where antitrust rules were well applied by, I think it was Judge Green or, uh, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a judgment that broke up that, that company. The question I think that we face here is a little bit more tricky in that, how do you break up these companies? Yeah. You know? <clears throat> um, and to me, it, yeah, into you know, even if there is a legal handle to do it, which I think is not necessarily mm. clear, you know, how, how, do you, how do you split them out? You know, I... I I think what Spotify would love is if the European Commission would require Apple to, um, you know, divest itself of the, um, the App Store. App store. Yeah. Um, well, I can see why that would work for Spotify. <clears throat> but if you think about how um, you might break up or even try to break up Google. Um, 
Much harder. I don't know how you would even Much harder. Um, I can kind of see how you would try with Amazon as well. You could say, well, look, this is your web hosting. Mm. This is your, uh, your retail. Um, this idea that, for example, Elizabeth Warren's idea, I think, is that you separate the marketplace element mm. of it. Um, and I think you were talking about this earlier as well. Uh, so that Amazon wouldn't have a direct incentive in dominating the marketplace with its with its own products. Um, but Google has hosting, it has search, uh, online ads, uh, Gmail, and Android. Now, maybe you might say it could break out Android, um, but uh, it's... I don't know. An alternative strategy I've heard is that for, for there to be a just very, very robust regulation and a strong regulator imposing funds. Mm. And we kind of have that. I mean, that you know, eight mm. billion in three years. Uh, Google says that it is changing its practices. It's, it's kind of, it's now said it's going to offer European Android phone users mm. the option of choosing their browser and something else. I can't remember their browser and something else. Um, oh, and their... Uh, their search uh, engine of choice, which is kind of absurd, because for for all we tech techies go on about DuckDuckGo, I don't think I think very few people actually use it. I, very few people in Europe use Bing um, for good reason; it's useless. Um, sorry, Microsoft, but um, uh, so so maybe we have in Europe, maybe in America. Elizabeth Warren is looking mm. at a scenario where they feel kind of toothless that they're running roughshod, whereas in Europe we do have a little bit more of a robust system to, to keep some sort of manners on them. The other thing that's going on, and it's not a coincidence, is if you talk about the excessive profitability that some of these companies have, or the perception mm. that their profits are excessive, and that that's what allows their dominance um, is taxation. So global taxation hasn't caught up with the way that profits are made in technology companies, mm -hmm. the speed that they're made and, and where they're made. And everyone is aware of that. And there are lots of people in Europe and people in the US and people in other countries and the OECD mm -hmm. who are trying to figure out a way to tax the digital giants. Mm -hmm. And if you were to tax the digital giants in a way that more reflects the way car makers or cake makers or everyone else is taxed, mm -hmm. then some of the issue around excess profitability and dominance that that gives companies to, you know, to go out and, and buy their competitors or to kind of sweep up their potential competitors to buy up patents and that sort of thing. That would, that would fall away, um, yeah. potentially. Though, yeah, that's, I mean, we're not particularly near on that. We're probably nearer on that than we are to breaking them up. Yeah, you know, I mean, one, one point I would make in relation to that, though, is, you know, the, <coughs> um, these are very fast-moving markets, you know, um, and what's a titan today can be can be moved uh, down the pecking order relatively quickly. And when I was talking about, you know, Microsoft earlier on being, um, everybody was concerned about it in the 1990s when AOL did an acquisition back in 2000, everybody was concerned about that. Um, when I first came back to, uh, <coughs> this is a trite example, but when I first came back to practicing competition law in Ireland, um, the Yellow Pages was considered a dominant firm, you know. <coughs> I, I don't oh know anybody who uses the Yellow Pages anymore. We're but, all um, I remember the Yellow Pages. I mean, the Yellow Pages, if you wanted a professional service in Dublin, the Yellow Pages was the only thing you could use. And there was massive competition over who would get an ad on a page. Mm. And it was like a thousand pages, a thousand pages long. Yeah, my point being is these things, um, these things can um, move quite quickly mm. um, and sometimes more quickly than the... Um, 
then, then the regulators can move. Oh, well, there's no question about that. The example I often use, because uh, I've sort of argued that Facebook is a utility for a, a group of people um, for a couple of years. And the example I always use is phone numbers and contacts. Hmm. Ten years ago, you, you had a good shot of looking up a phone book to find out uh, where... To, to get a contact number for somebody. Now, you just wouldn't even bother them and give them out anymore. You, you look up Facebook. That's what you mm. do. It's, it's more reliable than Google, more reliable than LinkedIn. If you look up Facebook, there's a good chance you'll find somebody and you'll be able to message them. Mm. Um, so in that sense, if that continues, then Facebook is going to be a bit of utility. And if, Facebook, if Mark Zuckerberg's plans to allow messaging from Facebook to WhatsApp to Instagram, if, if that is allowed to uh, to take place, although the Data Protection Commissioner, Helen Dixon, told me a couple of weeks ago that she's she's some distance away from allowing that to happen yet uh, in Europe. But if it does, then you could make an argument that it's across the generations now that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg will essentially control a massive chunk of our communications, of literally how we communicate every day. Um, you know, a, more than Vodafone or Air individually, uh, but that's just my that's just my theory. I'm, I might not be right um, on that. I think what is what we do know is with Elizabeth Warren in the US and mm. with Marguerite Vestager in the European election, I think she's going to be front and center of the European elections in May. This has shifted onto the political agenda, so mm. in a way, it's going to take on a life of its own at least for the next twelve months. The question: How big is too big, and who decides? I think that's now mm. on the agenda. Yeah. Yeah. The last question I'd have is, do you think there's any consequence for Ireland one way or the other from any of this? Well, <clears throat> I, I do think Ireland has an important an important voice, actually, at the table. You know, um, uh, we, and Isol Goggin, the, the chair of the CCPC, who, who's, you know, extremely capable, um, will attend the advisory committee meetings in which these decisions, draft decisions are. So it may not be Isolt herself, but it'll be, mm. you know, a senior member of the CCPC, um, at which these draft decisions are debated um, and discussed. Um, and I think Ireland has a an important role at that technical, non-political level to be a voice of, um, I would have thought of, of, of reason um, and... Um, uh, advocating, you know, uh, caution in terms of uh, the. Um, you mean more sympathetic effects. to the tech companies? Well, I think the 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 instinct of the of the Europeans um, of the Bundeskartellum and those leading uh, agencies, particularly with the CMA, the UK authorities gone, will be to um, to um, intervene significantly. <coughs> why, why? I agree with you, but why is that? Do we believe that that is their motivation more than ours? Well, I, I think there's uh, possibly greater um, political pressure in those countries to um, to act um, as against the um, against big tech than there would be. I in just Ireland. wonder why. Why I think it might also be a Germans and French get more outraged about this than than we do. But the Germans or the French in particular have never been particularly embarrassed about the idea of building up national cha champions, and you know the, the the corollary of that is keeping out other people's national champions to some extent, and, and making sure that French companies are big, big enough to to have 
Fra Cloud just not not just Sing in France. Sing on the way back. What's up? Sing Minitel's on the way back. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Elf. Uh, I remember Minitel actually when I did my French exchange. Service. French exchange in 1990. Mm. Um, the family I was staying with had a Minitel uh, terminal, and it was fantastic. It was basically a very early version of what the internet mm. was, and they used to buy services on it, and it was fantastic. I mean, to be fair to French innovation. They, they, they can do it when they want some. But I, yeah, I, I, I've often wondered why it is that most of the hardline uh, rhetoric coming against Facebook in particular, but also Google, uh, less so a a Apple, maybe Amazon, and Netflix as well, because don't forget, um, Ireland has just incorporated the directive, I can't remember the name of the directive, which means that 30% of online streamed video content now I think has to be Irish based and I think I'm right in saying yeah. that AVMS directive. yeah that's it the AVMS uh, directive um, but we've never been is it just because we're Anglophone it's just because we we watch a lot of American are we just more comfortable do we do we trust each other more is there just more distrust between um, non-native English speaking countries and uh, American I think companies? all countries have their own legal cultures and their mm. own legal histories and the way they do that and what's interesting in Europe is that you take countries like the UK and mm. Ireland on the one hand and like France and Italy on the other hand and Germany somewhere in the middle and, and the Netherlands and at different times the balance of, of whether it's an interventionist uh, commission or whether it's a not particularly more of a laissez-faire mm. commission that shifts and within the commission it shifts and the personality of the commissioner is very important the personality of the president is, is very important in, 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 and, uh, and I guess mm. with the UK being gone the shift is likely to be uh, towards yeah, intervention. I, I, I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it should be a sort of a laissez-faire um, attitude that um, Ireland is is seeking is seeking to promote. Uh, I think it's more, th and that, I think that, as you say, Donald, that ship has has sailed. You know, the the, the political wind is 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 towards um, uh, intervention. Um, I, I just I think it it would be. Um, a more positive outcome from a world order um, perspective, I think, would be is would be if the U.S. itself um, took a handle of the of the issue, and um, that uh, that may well that may well happen. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that <coughs> Europe has become big tech's policeman, if you like, and has actually changed the way companies do business. There's no doubt that the GDPR, mm. for example, has actually changed the way the big tech companies mm. manage their data policies, and maybe in a way. We have actually found now a place in the tech ecosystem, whereas five, ten years ago we felt completely left behind. Um, so maybe that is something for us in future. But anyway, I'm going to leave it at that, and I'm going to thank my guests uh, today. Philip Andrews, the head of the EU and Co Competition Law Group at McCann Fitzgerald. Donald O'Donovan, Donovan, the business editor of the Irish Independent. That's all we have time for this week, folks. But please do come back at the same time next week. For me, Adrian Weckler, bye-bye.